Hello and welcome. I'm Ang Haridwin Jones and this is Skin in the Game, the Dance Massive podcast. This festival, we've invited some of the choreographers presenting their works in Dance Massive to interview each other. Some of the topics they'll be discussing are what's at stake in their performances for artists, for audiences. Can dance be political? Should it be? What's at risk when you've got your skin in the game? Well, my name is James Batchelor, and my work was on um, a scientific expedition in the Southern Ocean to these remote islands just north of, like, north of Antarctica, basically, but they're very isolated places of the planet. And we spent two months going there and mapping that area and various other, like, I guess there was, like, many different um, disciplines and research taking place on the vessel, and I was invited as an artist to be a part of that. Um, so my project has kind of followed on from that time as the, the period of initial research or investigation. Uh, I'm Lillian Steiner, and my work for Dance Massive is called Noise Quartet Meditation. The work was inspired by this idea of meditation. It's a work for four people, and it's very loud in parts, but it's more about this idea about challenging meditative experience or providing the audience with a meditation, but from a chaotic point of view. So I guess it's kind of interesting with your work because your research period or the initial stages are something that most people have no similar experience to, which is quite an amazing thing. Amazing that you could have that experience firsthand, but also, yeah, I guess a challenge in terms of making a work for other people to view and receive. Yeah, I'm just interested in how you think about that experience or how you've taken that into a studio environment to create a performance and how you might share information about that time. Um, I think that's like... a one of the big questions that I had making this piece um, because like the actual research period had no outcome like it didn't need to I didn't need to make anything during that time it was purely investigation or experimentation just seeing what I could get from that experience what could I um, learn what could I record what could I try out basically so I tried a lot of stuff and I um, experienced a lot and I learned a lot um, and also just the environment itself was really inspired by that and then my question when I got back is like how do you what do I want to do with that do I want people to have an experience where they might understand something a bit more or imagine what it could be like if they were on that expedition I've been realizing that the performance is a way for people to get into a specific headspace it's not so much like that they need to know that it's about this or that, but it allows them to get into a mind frame where certain questions might come up that are common between everyone and be like, okay, we're all kind of thinking along these themes or ideas uh, and this piece makes me think about these kinds of things. Um, And I think that for me is enough. Like if I can get them into the kind of questions that I was asking on the ship. The biggest question is like, why were we there? Why would we spend so much money on a vessel that is like state of the art to go to the most remote place on the earth? And what do we aim to get from that kind of work? Why do we go into the unknown? My role as a dancer was quite specific because I was looking specifically at movement and the body, which is important obviously because uh, everything connects to the body and our understanding of the world all connects to the body. And sometimes it can be more theoretical the way we understand things, but the fact that you can understand it in your body as well is like a different way of getting into something. 
sort of like knowledge from the body or the mm. I, f- I feel like that's a lot about my work as well or that's what my work is kind of trying to come from like coming from that side where the body or the experience that the body has is the primary concern and actually all mm. the intelligence is in the body rather than in yeah. um, a really deep conceptual I guess framework yeah so with my work I guess that's where I started with how they would feel once they left the work and for me that was a super clear feeling in my own body of what I wanted them to have leaving and so in a way I kind of worked backwards and ended up having this this piece that I guess in some ways sort of treat like you could kind of say that it has very similar uh, similar links to maybe traditional meditations like there's a sense of pace and duration just general slowness and repetition I guess that taps into idea of like mantra or sort of directing the focus to a single point but yeah then there's all this other stuff that comes up that challenges what the body thinks is meditative as well but still to get to that same end point so I guess yeah in terms of context I don't know how to frame this really but maybe they don't really need to know much about it they can just step in however they are and sit down and hopefully the work is powerful enough as itself to take them to that place that I want regardless so I've been but I've been thinking about this a lot like how much to share before and surrounding and also how much to share during for people to walk away with a sensation in their body rather than walk away with a very clear idea of what the concept might have been and for me, like, that question extends to, like, the the research period and, like, how important is it that people know that I did that to generate this work? Because if you just watch the work and you didn't read any of the blurbs, whatever, like, you just turned up, you didn't know that I was... You wouldn't maybe necessarily know that that's what I did to generate this work. And I feel, like, I guess not so satisfied with that because there is a certain specificity in that context of the the making of this work which is important to me it's not just the presentation of it and I feel like in the time that people are there maybe it's more valuable if I tell them that they know that it came from this process in order for them to get into the headspace like straight away especially my work is an installation so people are free to kind of move about the space anywhere which I guess actually can open, yeah, like you're saying, open up their experience of it because, mm. yes, it is that thing of sometimes putting a few parameters allows the experience to be broader mm. or, yeah, just more open because there's less fear that you're taking it the wrong way. I guess for me, the, like, the driving force is the questions and I guess that I'm, I think I'm realising that that does rely a little bit on verbal communication mm. and it, doesn't, it can't just be the movement um, because the movement doesn't have that kind of clarity to get so specific into like the kinds of discussion that I hope can take place not necessarily between people either like kind of the same like it's a quiet thing it's like an inner inner questioning or an inner openness that you when you leave that you can be more conscientious about something yeah and that makes me think that some ideas or questions do really need to have very dynamic discussion like through language and some don't and I think yeah it's quite interesting with dance especially because I think often we go oh no we don't need the language and of course yeah every piece is Mm -hmm. different but sometimes you really do because it's, it's the same as you know anything else any other sound art or visual art or science even sometimes a diagram even is not enough or a color is not enough a little sound bite is not enough that you've got to get the bigger context so that you can fully appreciate and then also also can have a bigger impact later on sometimes if you understand it from a very verbal 
perspective. And then sometimes it's the opposite and it needs to not be verbal and the physical sensation is the thing that lingers. So I think it, it, and I think it depends who you are as the person coming into the work too. Like, you know, I'm saying for my work, it's not about language, but then of course there are going to be people who disagree and will need to talk about it. And that's fine too. With yours, there might be people who see one word in your blurb and then that's all they take into the work and that's totally enough for them. Mm. Yeah, that's another interesting conversation. Yeah, but then, like, more and more people don't read, like, before they come into a show, I think, and, like, the program has less importance and now we also, like, shift away from printing things. Um, So everything's online and I think that transition is difficult because people kind of don't seek it out. So if they don't read the program note, am I comfortable with, like, they're just coming into the room with nothing? And I think sometimes I say no to that, actually. Um whether it's, like, structural, like, the fact that it's an installation or whether it's, like, to do with the concept and what I hope, like, will come out of the performance. And it's, like, as Lillian was saying, it's, like, the mix of things, like, the mix of languages that's interesting. And sometimes it's verbal, sometimes it's physical, sometimes it's sound, sometimes it's, like, a model or, like, yeah, diagrammatic. Um, And dance can span all of these languages. And... Um, some people work with language and text in their work and I don't so the language part is like always a question it's like okay there's no language in this work that's verbal so how do we talk about it (laughs) verbally and when if it's not in the performance when are we going to talk about this like verbally is there anything particular that you would love to hear as feedback is there a particular response that an audience member could give to you that would just make you completely ecstatic about how they've received the work yeah I think feedback is like really interesting to talk about as well because often people can just leave and then you don't have any like you don't have any idea like what the impact was actually and how do you get how do you get feedback as well like in a performance like what kind of context do people have to say how they're feeling at the end of the show I mean I don't really know the answer to that yet but I feel like there are ways that we can approach that kind of, well, at least structure that somehow with, like, other than Q&As. And I think for me, like, if I were to get feedback, anything that people respond to, any kind of questions that people have afterwards are really valid and really interesting to me. It's like, after you see that, what questions do you have in your head right now? Um, That's the kind of feedback that I love and, like, that I really aim for. Yeah, and I've thought about, like, different ways that we can, like, ask these questions like something after a show where people like wrote down a question that they had and that maybe other audience members could answer the question rather than the choreographer answering a question like a Q&A another Q&A could be that the audience ask questions and the audience answer them as well because sometimes the Q&As can be like what's the what's the meaning of this and then you're like the meaning of that was this or it came from that and it's like yeah it's very like closing down it's like oh yes I was expecting you to think this but it's really amazing when you like are with maybe a group of people and the, and they're like well you know I was thinking that and I had this question someone else was like yeah well that's my response to this question or maybe it was this or possibly it was that um, those kind of like linkages between people are like the most revealing parts of feedback processes I think it's like joining the dots between like the fragments that are left with people that's something that I really desire more of in making and presenting work is ways that we can share afterwards the kind of response that you have other than like having an answer to something. It's not really about that or whether you enjoyed it or not. Actually, probably the biggest 
um, or the or the best kind of feedback that I could hope for is in you know like 15 years somebody says oh, I saw your piece and I'm st I still think about it or I still feel it somehow I think that would be probably the best I think for me as well like that's the ultimate thing is when someone says that I'm still thinking about your work like weeks after or months or maybe years I mean I haven't been making work long enough yeah, maybe for that <laughs> kind of response but like it has happened before where people have said I'm still thinking about that thing that I saw like and it you know you affected them you inspired them or you confused them or you moved them at least moved that's the best feedback actually thanks james <laughs> thanks <No>. thanks Lil. <laughs> it's nice to like yeah it's nice to have this opportunity to talk about um some of the things that like i've been preoccupied with as well like about the framing of this piece in dance massive as well like these are a lot of the questions that i'm constantly asking this podcast was produced by Kat McGoran and Arts House. Thanks for listening. Now you've heard the interviews, come and see the shows. Put your skin in the game. Dance Massive is supported by Creative Victoria and the Australian Government's Ministry for the Arts. The Delegate Program of Dance Massive is supported by the Australia Council for the Arts.